Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Yo! This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. I am Frank Stample alongside the sweet vocals of Mike Blewett. What's up, everybody? Special guest host, Greg Sussman, is out today. But filling in for him is Mike Blewett. Mike, how's everything going, man? I'm going to try and do so ably. I'm excited to be here. Uh, I've never... I don't think I've been on BFFs before, maybe more than a phone call or a minute or two. So excited to do it and excited to work with Frank. Frank and I have talked for a while about maybe doing a show together. So here's our uh, inaugural effort. Making his debut, uh, not only his BFF debut, his uh, his singing debut. Have you ever sang on the air before today? No, 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 no. <laughs> I occasionally get uh, people saying, hey, you have a voice for radio, that kind of stuff. But uh, never has anybody said, you know, you should try and uh, bust out your vocal uh, skills via song. So I've never been able to do it before. I'm a terrible singer. I'm a oh, verse. I'm a ver- I'm a verse to karaoke. Like I just don't want to do it. I, I I feel like I would embarrass myself, even though I understand the point of it is to embarrass yourself. Yeah. But I'm out. My voice is that bad. Do you have a go-to karaoke song if you had to do it? Uh, I honestly no. I don't. I can't even think of one that I would try to do. Uh, maybe the Boston College fight song. That would probably be the only one oh, that I would know the words to, <laughs> and, and be able to pull off. Are you are you a fan of uh, the '90s alternative pop rock scene, semi charm kind of life genre ish? I can't say I'm big on Third Eye Blind, yeah. but uh, it's not terrible. I mean, it, it's sort of in my wheelhouse as far as music that I listen to. I'm a little older, so my sweet spot for college music is <clears throat> grunge and alternative music. I was a hip hop fan growing up, so I listened to a lot of hip hop and all through the '80s and '90s, but. It mixed with the uh, 90s uh, rock of Pearl Jam and Nirvana and Soundgarden and those types of groups. Foo Fighters is one of my favorite bands of all time. I like that. That's a solid call. Um, I'm not going to ask you your age or try and expose that by any means here, but I've always said that I wish I was the age I am now growing up in the 80s and 90s, just because, I mean, from everything I've heard, it was an absolutely wild time. And plus, you know, a lot of the things that I love, Metallica, Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. I would have been able to see the inception of those things. Yeah, yeah, true. The nine, like, like early 90s in particular, music and cinema were fantastic. Yeah. When you look at the early, the first half of the 90s movies, they're pretty incredible, from Usual Suspects to uh, Seven to Pulp Fiction and Shawshank Redemption and Goodfellas, all that kind of stuff came out in that five-year span. So there's your topic, to, uh, your discussion today on... Um Film, music, movies, um, Mike Blewett's genre of singing, the the Boston College fight song. But on today's show, 
We'll be doing a trade special, Mike. I think this is really interesting. It's very early in the season still, but teams that get off to slow starts, 0-2, might be panicking, looking to make trades. I have people you know, tweeting me nonstop, telling me all these trades that they're making, You know, buying low on David Johnson. We'll get into him a little bit later on. But there's a lot of guys who have either underperformed, overperformed. So we'll talk a lot about those guys, uh, players you might want to target as a buy low, a sell high, or you know, maybe guys that you don't really know how to feel about their value right now, and maybe you should just hold. Yeah. And we need a couple more weeks to see what their value really is. So we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. I want to start off with some news. Obviously, the big news yesterday um, in both the NFL landscape and the fantasy landscape, and I'm intrigued to get your thoughts on it because you are a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I am. is this whole situation going on with Antonio Brown now. He is expected to be at the facility today. They've already talked about that. So that is a positive. But I spoke about Greg with this yesterday. And... I was a little embarrassed by the way Antonio Brown was acting. And look, he's not the first diva wide receiver that's ever been around. Um, But, you know, they say you learn a lot about people when they get punched in the mouth. You see how they react, right? And obviously this wasn't the start to the season that the Steelers thought they would get off to. They're 0-1-1 to start. Um, Really a must-win game on Monday night against the Tampa Bay Bucks on the road. So I thought it was... I thought it was a little sad the way that Antonio Brown acted that, you know... He's not getting the ball. The team got off to a slow start, um, and this is kind of his reaction. How do you feel about it overall as a Steelers fan, and does it affect fantasy? Yeah, so Dane Martinez and I, uh, we host uh, Fantasy Sports Today together each and every morning, and you can hear reruns in the afternoon. But we talked about it a little bit too. Uh, I am a Steelers fan, and I think, to Frank's point, you do see a little bit of somebody's character, but I, I think it's a little underplayed how much of – diva behavior we've seen from Antonio Brown the last couple of years. Uh, there's people talking about Mike Tomlin losing the locker room. I don't think that's the case yet. The Le'Veon Bell thing is a real distraction, and Antonio Brown can't keep doing this. And him missing work is extremely unprofessional. Right now, I've got to be on Mike Tomlin's side without hearing any other information because he says he didn't know that Antonio Brown was missing work. Drew Rosenhaus says Antonio Brown had a personal matter and he was excused. I would think that the head coach would not, in a press conference, say that he didn't know about it if he did, Mike Tomlin seems to be a stand-up guy on that front. But we saw him Facebook Live, a private locker room conversation after a playoff win. We've seen him uh, throw tantrums on the sidelines, throw garbage cans, yelling matches with uh, Todd Haley, now yelling matches with uh, Randy Fitchner and the wide receivers coach, whose name escapes me at the moment. But this type of behavior has happened. Ben has taken shots at Antonio Brown via the media. He's an extremely high-paid wide receiver. Can you tell me who the highest-targeted player in the NFL is so far this year? Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown (laughs) by three over Michael Thomas. So it isn't a workload issue. It isn't a money issue. I can can understand him being frustrated because they're 0-1-1, but let's just not turn the ball over. Let's just play better defense, and it'll take care of itself. It's still a really talented team. I don't think they're a Super Bowl team because of the loss of Ryan Shazier. I think that really impacted their defense in a way that they can't get it back. But they should be in the mix. Top four to eight teams in the league. I think that's where they should be. They're just not playing like it right now. Real quick, does this open up the door for more opportunity for one James Washington, who we saw score a touchdown last week? Or do you think it's just clearly Antonio Brown, Juju, um, and James Conner and 
kind of a little bit of sprinkle of James, uh, James Washington. I mean, the positive for James Washington is he played 80% of the snaps this past yep. weekend. They had to go to three wide receiver set a lot, obviously, because they were trailing Mahomes through six touchdowns. But I think you want to be aware that James Washington is a guy in deeper leagues that he should be on your bench. I drafted him in one league, cut him after one week. I may be regretting it now, but I cut him for Philip Lindsay, so maybe I'll be in better shape. That's a keeper league, too. So, you know, James Washington was a consideration long term. But I think you'll see a lot of three wide receiver sets out of them, but it'd be hard for me to believe that he could crack the top uh, three in targets this year. And plus, I mean, Jesse James had a good game, too. So yeah. you still have him hanging out there. But James Washington, somebody to consider. I just don't want you to think you're going to get it every week. His role may look similar to Calvin Ridley's role looks right now in Atlanta. Moving on to the Philadelphia Eagles running back situation. We get, had some clarity come out today, Mike, in terms of uh, Jay Ajayi and Darren Sproles are both day-to-day. Yesterday, there was a report that uh, they would be surprised if Jay Ajayi actually played this week. We saw last week he left the game, he did return, and scored a touchdown, which ultimately saved his day. But if it weren't for that, I mean, he really did not look great. Corey Clement actually looked pretty good in terms of total yards in that game. And I think, you know, if Jay Ajayi didn't go, Darren Sproles seems a little bit more doubtful this week in week three against the Indianapolis Colts. If Jay Ajayi doesn't go, Corey Clement is easily a high-end flex, maybe low-end RB2, even with the fact that Doug Peterson likes to you know, spread the ball around to his running backs. I think so. I have to give Corey Parson credit. He, like Corey Clement this past weekend, guy gets in the end zone, so a pretty good call out of Corey Parson. I think you're right. I think Clement immediately is going to shoot up uh, rankings, and he'll be a, an extremely popular DFS play. He just will be. It's the way we saw last week when Freeman was declared out. Tevin Coleman became a really good DFS option. I think you'll see the same for Corey Clement. Who is this Corey Parson you talk about? I only know the fantasy executive. Fantasy executive. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, sometimes I forget to use the nicknames that have been given to us or have been uh, self-proclaimed. I know, I know Craig likes to say Scott Engel is self-proclaimed, but he's uh, arguing that point. <laughs> I, I, Do you have I, a nickname? I, thing, I don't. Tony Sincata and I used to talk about this a lot where everybody around us seemed to be scooping up nicknames. Yeah. And I was like, uh, all right. I was like, I wear a blazer a lot. Should I be the fantasy CEO? And he was like, somebody's got that. I was like, all right, fantasy COO. He's like, somebody's got that too. Corey's the fantasy executive. Uh, so I just passed. Yeah, I don't really have anything that's stuck with me either. Uh, I went. I mean, Roto Frank is your handle, though. That's all right. I had a. I was the fantasy salad last year. My Twitter handle is literally my name. (laughs) Mike Blewett. That's it. (laughs) Doesn't get more straightforward than that. When your last name is Blewett, you learn over the years that that is how you are going to be identified. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, no way around. Come up with some sort of clever nickname regarding my red hair or what, how I look or whatever. Your last name is Blewett. People just gravitate and start calling you Blewett in work settings, in uh, friend scenarios. That's just how I'm referred. Makes sense. Yeah. Blue is what some of my friends call me for short, but that's it. All right. All right. So, all right. We'll have to figure out a nickname for you. I, I still don't have one. I kind of called myself the fantasy superhero last week. Long story. Go back and listen to the tapes. I, I think Bavona has a... Uh, that's not um, terrible. Has a promo somewhere if you want to play that during the break so people know what I'm talking about. Mike, we know... Football has been referred to as the battle of attrition. It's kind of cliche, yeah. but it seems that the Falcons are currently losing oh, that battle. Uh, they've now lost left guard Andy Levitre as well um, to go along with the uh, you know the players that they've lost on defense. Deion Jones, Keanu Neal, and now a pretty big part of their offensive line. I know that you do a lot um, with the offensive line rankings for Roto Experts before the season. Uh, so you obviously work very closely with offensive line 
um, with offensive lines overall for fantasy football, how badly does this affect them? Uh, I think it's a bad one because it is just another log on the fire of this Atlanta season. I'll be full disclosure. I had Atlanta going to the Super Bowl, taking out Tennessee. I just like the way that they lined up. I thought they'd have a nice bounce back season. So far, not so good. I mean, they're one and one. It's not the end of the world, but they lost their two best defenders, Keanu Neal and Deion Jones. Uh, one of their running backs is out, although I think Tevin Coleman can sustain them for a long period of time. But now we have an injury to Andy Levitra. They still have their tackles there and Schrader and Matthews and Alex Mack in the middle and Brandon Fusco starting. But uh, now they're going to be bringing somebody off the bench. It remains to be seen who that is. Could be Ben Garland, Tyson Brio, uh, Wes Schweitzer are all possible backups there. But Levitra has been rated really well by pro football focus and a guy that you know knocks on the door of the pro bowl so i think it's it's a loss just the same way that the giants lose their starting center this is a bad loss for atlanta yeah it absolutely is and we know you know Devontae freeman is also out right now but tevin coleman filled in quite admirably last week and again if you were a Devontae freeman owner uh you probably go out there and make sure that you own ito smith too just in case because he looked pretty good last week he kind of filled in that Tevin Coleman role, yeah, Tevin Coleman filled in that Devontae Freeman role for the Atlanta Falcons a week ago. So we'll see what happens with them. I know we were talking a little bit downstairs about, you know, what might the Falcons do in the offseason? They have an opportunity, a chance that they, you know, maybe they let Devontae Freeman go and choose to sign Tevin Coleman now to a long-term deal. Uh, I think there are ways that they can make that work. So that'll be interesting to see. But if you own Tevin Coleman in a keeper or a dynasty league, I think you're pretty excited about that. There are that. two guys that I banged on the table about during the preseason to make sure that people were drafting appropriately in their keeper leagues. One was James Conner, and the other one was Tevin Coleman. Uh, Tevin Coleman's going to be a starting running back in the NFL next year. It could be Atlanta, based on the things that you're talking about, but if not, it will be somewhere else, whether it's the Jets or somebody else that feels like they just need one more piece. Devin Coleman's going to be a guy that can command some money in the free agency market. Uh, as you aptly compared, he'll be next year's Jarek McKinnon, although I think he's a better player than McKinnon. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, just, I thought it made sense in terms of fantasy. He's going to be the guy that either becomes a starter for his team with Atlanta due to getting rid of Devontae Freeman, or he will leave, go somewhere else, become a starter, and he'll move up into that second round of fantasy purposes. But I do agree with you. I think he's a better all-around running back than Jarek McKinnon. I just see the uh, the parallels for fantasy football uh, heading into next year. But that's a long ways away. Uh, we still got a lot going on in week three. And what has just happened with the Eagles? When, when, since yeah. this is a trade, yep. this trade discussion, mm-hmm. I don't want to jump the gun. No, it's fine. But Tevin Coleman is a guy that maybe you could be angling for that has a lot more value beyond this next month while Freeman is out. Clearly, his value for this year has gone up, so it could hurt you. But Tevin Coleman is a guy in a keeper league that you need to look at. He's a starter in the league beyond this year. Yeah, absolutely. And something I'm going to bring up later on the show, something we don't really hear a lot about when you're discussing trades is trying to buy players high, which seems like a weird concept, but... If you trust that something a player is doing right now is going to be sustainable, but the owner who has him right now doesn't believe that it's sustainable, then maybe you do buy that player high, even if they're coming off a good week. Like We'll talk about Kenny Galladay a little bit later on and how he might be a buy high because if his owner doesn't trust that, then maybe you could still get him at a discount to where he's not being valued correctly. Now, Tevin Coleman, if Devontae Freeman, I mean, he's dealing with a knee injury. He can easily come back and re-injure this, and Tevin Coleman is easily a top 20 running back for the rest of the season. So it's not just for the future, but I think that makes sense if you do play in a keeper or dynasty league, if you wanted to try and get Tevin Coleman and buy high, a concept you don't really hear, 
Uh, I think that there's a possibility that you can do that. Mike, for the Eagles, they've signed Jordan Matthews, who will run mainly in the slot. Now, I wanted to ask you, this worries me a little bit, just because Nelson Aguilar, we know, has typically done a lot of his damage out of the slot. Now, they've been moving him all over the field, and they typically do do that in Doug Peterson's offense. They can run him inside. They can run him on the outside. Uh, We've seen that consistently so far this year. But he is clearly, clearly better as a slot receiver. Does this affect Nelson Aguilar negatively that Jordan Matthews is coming in and Alshon Jeffrey is still on his way back as well? It's a good question. Something to consider. But I I think Aguilar is playing so well right now, and he's literally the most reliable receiving option not named Zach Ertz that I think they just have to keep doing what they're doing with Aguilar, whether it's Wentz or you have to consider is there any potential chemistry change with Wentz coming in from Foles, but I think Aguilar's worst days are behind him. I think he's really developing well as a receiver. We saw it last year, Uh, and I think they're going to want to continue to use him in that role, and I, I don't think they'll try to mess with the mojo that he has going on right now. I actually agree with you 100%. He's wide receiver 19 overall right now in fantasy football. And we saw last year, regardless of the quarterback, Carson Wentz likes to target Nelson Aguilar a ton as well. They already have good chemistry together as well. So not really worried about Jordan Matthews. I mean, the guy has had an extensive injury history himself. So who knows how long he even stays healthy. Same thing goes for Alshon Jeffrey. I'm not really worried about Nelson Aguilar. Still a high-end wide receiver three for me. But Mike, when we come back, we'll talk more about trade targets, potential buy lows, sell highs. Uh, You can call in later on the show, 844-843-6879. Fantasy best friends forever. Right after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever with the fantasy superhero Frank Stanfield alongside special guest host Mike Blewett filling in for Greg Sussman today. I need to tell you that BetDSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service and fast, easy payment of winnings. You can play virtually every sport at BetDSI with hundreds of wagering options, including live in-game wagering on all major sporting events where you can make your play at any time during the game. Using promo code FNTSY, BetDSI is offering up to $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. So use promo code FNTSY and try BetDSI.com. That's BetDSI.com. Promo code FNTSY. Head on over and start winning today. I'll do a quick exercise with you. What's up? Tevin Coleman landing spots. 2019 cap space. We're going to go from the most cap space all the way down. Tell me, stop me... Stop me on the teams where you think it's an option for them to sign him. Okay. Let's sit, give him the exact Jerick McKinnon deal. What was it? Like six for 41 million, something like that? Something like that. I think he might get more, but yeah. yeah let's, let's just let's give just him that deal. Yeah, that makes so. sense. Colts. Makes sense. You, they got like a poo poo platter of running backs right now. All three guys were drafted in the last 20 months or so. Yeah. 
I don't know if they want to go out and pay somebody and get rid of the three guys that they just drafted. Yeah, I think a lot depends, obviously, on what happens for the rest of this season. Uh, Jordan Wilkins looked better than Marlon Mack last week, and that's something I expected coming into the year. I don't think Marlon Mack is really all that great. I think he's a guy who tries to break every run to the house. I think he tries to do too much at times. Jordan Wilkins, more of that north-south runner. I think he makes sense for them uh, on early downs. And then Naheem Hines, more of the passing down back. As the season goes on, if they learn that they can trust that tandem, I think Wilkins and Naheem Hines is kind of like that duo of the future. But if they don't work out, then Tevin Coleman can be an option in the offseason. Your team, the NYJETS Jets Jets Jets. Makes a lot of sense. Bilal Powell, an aging pass-catching running back. Uh, They can choose to let him go or, you know, just bring him down as like a third, bring him back as a third down guy. Isaiah Crowell, they they don't have a lot of money invested in him, so if they just wanted to cut him after the year, I think that's something they can look into. They have a lot of money. I think the Jets make a lot of sense. They could roll with Coleman and Crowell and... Powell, that would be their three. They could yeah. go with it if they weren't heavily money committed to the other two. Um, the Texans, they got offensive line issues. The Jets do too, and the Colts do too. So the Jets also need a pass rusher, but the money, there's not going to be a guy out there for the Jets to buy. Yeah, a pass rusher. They can buy it running back. Yeah, and you have to imagine they'll have a top 10 pick, so they likely use that on a pass rusher. And then maybe they yes. go out and try and sign offensive line and maybe some offensive weapons like a Tevin Coleman. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. it's a, you know, like, just like they did Tremaine Johnson. They took one shot this offseason. Yep. They took one shot of the guy. Texans have offensive line issues. Uh, they they did this with Lamar Miller because, already. They already know. did this with Lamar Miller. Yeah. Uh, you can think what you want about Lamar Miller. It's really not on him completely. This offensive line is problematic. It's terrible. It's god-awful. And uh, that's why I think... You know, that game between the Giants and Texans is going to be an absolute crapshoot this week. I, I think both defenses are in play. Yeah. Uh, Bills. <laughs> Why would McCoy, anyone want to go to Buffalo? <laughs> McCoy would be out. You're right. Don't, I wouldn't even take the meeting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, McCoy, McCoy will be gone after this year. So they will have somebody to fill $91 million cap space. Browns, they're good. Cowboys are good. Niners just did this. Raiders. Maybe. Could Possible. make sense. I Possible. could see them. Lynch you know, retires. But the thing is, he's not old enough for John Gruden. That's a fair point. <laughs> you got to be 30-plus to sign with John Gruden. Uh, that wouldn't be a good signing for them, which means that'll probably happen. Uh, <laughs> the Bengals, uh, all good with Joe Mixon. The Hawks just drafted somebody. The Lions can't run. doesn't matter who's there. Plus, they have a guy that they just drafted in carry on Johnson. Cardinals, obviously, are money committed. Chiefs are good. Packers... Uh, I think they'll probably hold with what they have with the two younger guys. Titans are good. Rams are good. Like this is this is like the top fifteen teams. Yep. There's only a couple of spots that really even need a running back. It's like three or four that really stood out. I'm drawing the line to the Jets. It's the one that actually makes the most sense. Oh, Mike blew it. Music to my ears. Yeah, because it goes Ravens. They got Fa- Collins, and then it's the Falcons all the way down to them. They're like right in the middle of the league. So Jets, it's Jets, Colts, and Texans and Bills and Browns have a lot of money. Yeah. next year a lot absolutely so again you know if you're in a keeper or dynasty league and, and no one else is really thinking that far ahead right now if you wanted to go out there and try and get Tevin Coleman I think that makes a lot of sense but Mike we're here today to talk about you know trades for this season guys that can help you more so this season and you know I, I provided a link in the rundown which I thought was really interesting it's Yahoo's most traded list uh, it's a pretty cool function that they have where they you know you can pull up the players who are being traded for most and, and I'll read off some names on this list right now, and then we'll kind of go into you know who we like to trade from this list, uh, who's a good buy low, who might be a, a nice candidate to target here. Joe Mixon, Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, A.J. Green, Alex Collins, LaShawn McCoy, Josh Gordon, 
Adrian Peterson, Amari Cooper, Devontae Freeman. Those are the top two, four, six, eight, ten players who are being most traded right now on Yahoo. Before we get into any specific player, how do you feel about trading away for injured players? Because a lot of people are coming to me with questions about trying to acquire Joe Mixon. And really, my answer is the same every time. If you can afford to wait a couple of weeks on him, I think it makes sense to do, but you need to be rock solid at RB1 and RB2. You can't go out there trading your RB2 or your flex running back and then putting yourself at a disadvantage, hoping to get Joe Mixon back in three weeks where you know he is coming back from a knee injury, so that in itself makes the move risky, in my opinion. Yeah, you don't want to trade out of a position of weakness if you got a guy that you know it's hurt your depth chart and you're trading away Mixon to get somebody back that's different, but... If you're if you have a solid running back core and you're bringing Mixon in and make and weakening it, you have to be honest with yourself about it. It's like Scott Engel has often says: people aren't really honest about the trades. They don't look at it from the other guy's perspective. People are trying to win the trade. That's not how it works. I'd say in general, if your strategy on the whole is to fade injured players, you're going to come out on top. Particular, it hap- we we talk about it a lot in baseball. But guys like dealing with chronic injuries, if you don't roster those guys on the whole, you're going to win those decisions more often than you lose them. So I don't consider it to be a great strategy. And I had an instance last year where I had to really take – it was a super tight league. It was an industry league, like a Sirius XM Invitational or something like that with Evan Silva and Scott Pianowski and some other big names. And it was an extremely tight league. 10, 11 teams all within 100 points kind of thing. I'm exaggerating slightly, but it was that close. Nobody was better than eight and four, or worse than six and uh, what would it be? At six that and point? six. Yeah, six and six. Like it was really tight. Yeah. So I had to take a big swing, and I traded for Le'Veon Bell, and in that swap, I got back Pierre Garcon, and it was the day, it was the week that he had come out with a neck injury, but he had come out and said, "I'm good to go. It's not going to be a problem at all." Within 24 hours after we solidified the trade, we had both blown up our own teams because the guy I gave my uh, Ingram and Devonta Freeman to or something like that, uh, his quarterback, Deshaun Watson, tours ACL in practice, uh, and Pierre Garçon was put on injured reserve, and it ruined both our teams. So uh, I'm telling you that anecdote because I traded for an injured player and it went horribly wrong. You don't know the medicals on these guys, so you have to be know that what you're getting is an extremely high risk. What Joe Mixon has is virtually the same injury that Sony Michelle has had, and is suspecting it it's going to be two weeks is not the right call because Michelle is dealing with it five weeks after we first yep. heard about it. So I would I would imagine you're without Joe Mixon for one month, and I really liked the way things were looking for the Bengals for Joe Mixon in all of this. So I would like to have him for 2018, but now there's a huge cloud over it, and I think you have to assume a big amount of risk when you're getting him back. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, and that's why yesterday on the waiver Wire show, I said I'm willing to go as high as 30% on Giovanni Bernard. And, you know, at first glance, that sounds like a lot, but you're getting a top 24 running back yeah, that's for the next, you know, two to four weeks. I mean, again, if you know, obviously if you lost Joe Mixon, you're going to want to go out and spend that money on him, but even if you didn't, if you need help at running back, if you start 0-2, this is an easy top 24 running back for maybe the next month of the season. Yeah, absolutely. You could you go up to 40% on that. You should be able to spend 40% of your budget on a starting running back for one month. 10% of your budget each week. You would, you would do that for 10 weeks yeah. to guarantee an RB2 
um, a starting running back, I think you absolutely have to do something like that. Yeah, and he played 87% of the offensive snaps last year in the two games that Joe Mixon missed. And we saw the usage, the way that Joe Mixon was being used this year as the team's workhorse running back. Now they have Mark Walton and Trey Carson behind uh, Giovanni Bernard, and it's come out today that Trey Carson is likely going to be the guy that's backing him up, the guy who's going to see a few touches per game here. Uh, but it seems like Giovanni Bernard is going to be that workhorse running back. So that's why uh, I was uh, aggressive and bullish on picking him up yesterday in our waiver wire piece. But a few other names here that... Hang on. Yep. Very recent news just published. Bengals add Thomas Rawls, wave, injure Trey Carson. So he was waved injured after suffering a hamstring in Monday's practice. Trey Carson? He, yes. He was so expected, interesting. expected to be Gio Bernard's backup with Joe Mixon out. That'll likely now be rookie Mark Walton's job while Rawls catches up. So that's the depth chart now. Gio Bernard, uh, Mark Walton, and Thomas Rawls. I guess they wanted a veteran player in there along with Gio Bernard. I've always been an advocate for Gio Bernard. I think he's a very good football player. I think um, he's versatile. He actually outproduced Joe Mixon last year. But um, I think his only negative is that he can't really hold up over the course of a season. But for one month, I'll take him. That is, it must be really recent because um, Paul Denner Jr. of the Cincinnati Inquirer just quote tweeted earlier and said that Trey Carson will be the next man up. So that's why that was the most recent news that I had. But based on what you just said, um, it looks like it is going to be Mark Walton. So it was uh, an hour, less than an hour ago. That yeah, was, so that, that's more recent than this tweet, which he tweeted out two hours ago. Um, a few more names here. We spoke a lot about the Steelers. I mean, I'm still getting a lot of questions on Le'Veon Bell and James Conner. Do I trade this guy away? Do I trade for it? It's like... Nothing has changed, and I don't know how. What information do we have to expect Le'Veon Bell to be here before Week Ten? I, I just I'd say there's no anything. evidence at, at all anymore. It's a shrewd and why, move. It's extremely risky. It's a high risk, high reward move. But I don't see how you could give up something of value right now to get Le'Veon Bell, unless you also own James Conner. Yeah, and what what kind of return are you going to get now? A guy that's managing his career for the next year, which I, I'm not really that critical of Le'Veon Bell for all of this. Uh, I, I do find it somewhat distasteful that he's throwing EP parties and on jet skis and that kind of stuff. It yeah, is a little bit videos on TMZ It's a little bit in, in their face. And also why are you scheduling an EP party during the football season? How long was this scheduled in advance? You would have never done an EP party if you were in the building, right? Like yeah. if you're playing a week to week, would you do you use your off no, day to no go way. to Miami to no. jet ski and do an EP party? He probably like, knew back in whatever August that, he was just not the only problem up. I have with Le'Veon Bell in all of this is that it seems to me, as a complete outsider, and I don't know this, so this is speculation, that he seems to have maybe hinted to teammates that he would be there on time. Yep. And that is why they got upset. But if he did not actually hint that to them, then they shouldn't be critical of him. Yeah, He's why trying would, to protect himself. The thing is, why would they make that up, though, right? Because it seems like everything that they've indicated to this point, and they being the offensive linemen, those are the guys who really reacted strongly to Le'Veon Bell not showing up, talking about, oh, he makes seven times what I make, yeah. we do his job for him. Why would they react that way unless he did tell them that he was going to be there or give them some kind of indication? So I'm with you. But um, the angriest I think guy could have thrown out, he told me he was going to be here. Nobody ever said that specifically from yeah. what I read. So I don't know. I, he, it is a little bit of... He's being coy and not saying that. I never said that I wasn't going to be there. Well, you said he was going to have the best season yet, and the best season yet isn't yeah. uh, isn't yeah. going out there half-assed like for six games. Six weeks yeah. uh, sample size. The only way I could trade for Le'Veon Bell or James Conner is if I own the other one. But with each passing week, Le'Veon Bell's value does decrease. Yeah. I guess until we get closer to Week 10, then it'll start to increase again. 
assuming that he's there. Yeah. But a few other names on this list, Alex Collins, uh, A.J. Green mentioned those guys. I wanted to bring up Alex Collins. It seems like I've, I don't know, become the truther for Alex Collins. I mean, I'm, I didn't even mean for this to happen. But you and I are on board with Alex Collins going into the year. I, I'm on board with you on Alex Collins. Yeah, I, I have him as a buy low right now. I thought the first two games were extremely weird, kind of wonky. The first game, he scored the touchdown. Then he fumbled. He got benched for a series. And by the time... You know, he was able to come back in in the second half. They were blowing out the Bills so that they didn't really need him to do much more in that game. Right. And then last week, game script showed, you know, they were down 21 zip early in that game. Through 55 times. Yeah. They're, they're going to lose every game they throw 55 times just about. Yeah. And That's then, the way they're gonna win. you know, he was actually targeted in that game and he turned three receptions into 55 yards. Yeah. So he shows you his explosiveness, what he can do as a receiver. So maybe... That's something that they start to implement in his game more so moving forward. But I looked a little bit deeper into the stats. He's seen the second highest percentage of eight-plus defenders in the box already this year, Mike. He also has more carries inside the 20-yard line and inside the 10-yard line than Buck Allen. So it seems like they trust him in the red zone. It's just once they get specifically down on the goal line, that's where they choose to go with Buck Allen. And it's probably because John Harbaugh is worried about the fumbling issues of Alex Collins. Um, Fair concern. And according to PFF, he has forced 10 missed tackles on just 20 touches. Just the eye test. If you watch the guy play, I mean, last Thursday, he reminds me of a young Marshall Lynch. Just he, the way he's he a runs. hard runner. He's the type of guy that people don't want to tackle. So mm-hmm. he runs high knees. He's sort of a violent runner. So in that respect, I totally understand. You know how Le'Veon Bell is sort of that uh, stop-and-go, uh, smooth runner? Alex Collins is all bull. He's straight ahead, dreads flying, and a really good player. I'm not saying that he's not agile also and quick, but he's a violent runner. He's going to run into people with high knees. It reminds me a little bit, in some ways, of guys like Marion Barber, Michael Bennett from years past that guys don't really want to tackle because they're coming downhill full speed. Yahoo also has this function where you can look at trades that have already been made. So if you want to give yourself kind of an idea of what the market is for this player, Mike, I think an interesting play, which might be a kind of a sell-high-ish type for Alex Collins right now, it's one of these trades on Yahoo, trading away Carlos Hyde to get Alex Collins back in return. Is that something that you would try to do if you were a Carlos Hyde owner? I would would prefer Alex Collins. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, and I actually like both guys. I own both guys on various teams. I probably own more shares of Hyde, but I think uh, Collins is the guy I want long-term because I have reservations about Carlos Hyde ceding some or more or more carries to Chubb over the course of the year, uh, and that worries me because that, that offense is broken. It will continue to be broken as long as Hugh Jackson is around, and they might just try things because I, this isn't working. Let's let's put Mayfield and Chubb in and see what they can do. Great. We went 2-14. and 14. None of it really worked, but I don't want to be subject to that. So I think Collins actually has more solid value, even with you noting the fact that he could seed some goal line carries. I think he was going to see 250 touches easy this year. Yeah, and there was an article that actually came out yesterday that they realized, they being Baltimore, that they need to get the ball more in Alex Collins' hand mm-hmm. and use him and ha- not have as close to a 50-50 split in terms of touches right now between Buck Allen and Alex Collins. So I think more is coming. That Thursday uh, night game him. is the ultimate game script check. You have to have watched the game to know what happened. If you're down 21 nothing, you can't just start running the ball to try to get back into it. And they did get back into it. It ended up being a relatively close game. 
Mike, a few more players I'm going to talk to you about when we come back. Uh, a few more buy low options. Obviously, first round running backs that have not performed up to the level we expected them to. What's up, DJ? At this point. That's right. Go DJ. That's my DJ. David Johnson. Uh, a lot of people are worried about him right now. We'll find out how you feel about him, whether you're worried about him. And then Dalvin Cook, you know, a guy who hasn't necessarily done it in terms of efficiency on the ground this year. He hasn't scored a touchdown yet, but he's doing a lot in the receiving game. So we'll talk about Dalvin Cook, David Johnson when we come back. We'll also take your calls over the final 10, 15 minutes of the show. If you have any trade questions, call in 844-843-6879. Fantasy Best Friends Forever on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever. Frank Stanfield, the fantasy superhero, alongside Mike Blewett, special guest host filling in for Greg Sussman today. A little nod from Bavona on the grunge. That's right. Love it. Trying to bring you back to your college days. Is that, does that mean there's a chance that we can get like a keg up here and get Mike Blewett doing like a keg stand in the middle of the studio? I mean, 20 <laughs> years ago, that would be the case. 20 years ago, I'd be offended if you didn't. We were, I mean, we're located near a bar, so. Uh, Cardano. We're going to need a keg on studio. Um, you know, we've had we've hosted the Power Hour before, but the next show that we do is going to be, we'll answer your fantasy football questions while Mike Blewett does keg stands one every 10 minutes. That's, that's going to be a tough one. <laughs> what day of the week are we going to do that? Uh, I mean, I, I think a Friday would make the most time. sense. Friday. All right. I do shows on Sunday mornings for like five hours. So, so not Saturday. Uh, no. Uh, impossible to do it on a Saturday. We'll probably do Thursday. I, I'm at an age now where I need a few days recovery time, so I might take a Friday off, and then I'll have Saturday to recover, and then by Sunday morning it should be good to go. And get me an egg sandwich and uh, 30 Gatorades, and I'll be good. <laughs> Kegs and eggs with Mike Blewett. But before we get into the buy low segment, some of those first-round running backs you might want to target, head on over to DailyRoto.com, the site that has produced $7 million winners and click on go premium there you will gain access to a lineup optimizer that will help you compose your daily fantasy rosters on both FanDuel and DraftKings not only has dailyroto.com produced seven millionaires but it's produced millions more in winnings for its subscribers and it's sports wagering you're into click on the sports betting tab where, where you'll be able to use the same tools and algorithms that's produced all those winnings for money line picks picks against the spread game totals player props where you can capitalize player performances without having to worry about salary caps. That's dailyroto.com. Click on Go Premium, the industry website where millionaires are made literally every day. We're going to have to rewrite that promo because I just kind of like ad-libbed a little bit of it and it's there's some all language over the issues place. there. So we have some syntax problems. Cardano, can you get on that too? Uh, insurance keg, for my keg stand scenario. And, and, yeah, and we and need then, a, a new uh, a, a new daily roto read. You got to punch that up. We'll work on those things. But, Mike, Dalvin Cook, 75% of the snaps right now to Latavius Murray's 25% of the snaps, uh, showing off his health. 
Uh, 10 tackles avoided. Um, the team hadn't scored a rushing touchdown yet, so it's not him. It's not Latavius Murray. It's not like Latavius Murray is vulturing his goal line carries. They haven't had any. Yeah. Uh, the team actually has two red zone, uh, two carries inside the 10-yard line. Both of those have been to Dalvin Cook. On the other side, there's David Johnson, who we're getting a lot of panic about right now. And I understand because the Cardinals' offense is absolutely brutal. They've scored six points total in two games. They're averaging 175 total yards of offense per game. And David Johnson is not being used in the same capacity he was under Bruce Arians in that more vertical-style passing offense uh, now with Mike McCoy. They did come out this week and say that they want to be more creative with David Johnson. They're going to start using him in the slot. Um, I'm not really all that worried. He caught 80 passes a couple years ago. Yeah, I'm not really all that worried about David Johnson. Like, yeah, he's on a bad team, but at some point they're going to go to Josh Rosen, and the only way, the only place this offense could go is up. And um, Yeah, but could it be like a girly 2016 scenario, the same year that David Johnson had his really good year? That that is your concern. Curly Curly wasn't a total waste in 2016. He was just held back because there were offensive line issues. There's three. There's a few guys this year in fantasy football who I avoided actually due to offensive line issues. It was anybody in, in on the Texans. Mill, uh, Hopkins is really the only guy I was going to be looking at. I didn't even really want any shares of Deshaun Watson because of this. Um, I faded Saquon Barkley. Actually, I had opportunities to take him in the first round. I did not take advantage of any of them, and I went against David Johnson. I took there was. This Two scenarios conceivably where I took him at full mea culpa. I took Le'Veon Bell in one of those. I did back him up with James Conner. And the other one was I took Zeke over him. I guess in Scott Fishbowl, too, I took Alvin Kamara over him. So that was the decision. So in all three of those, uh, I faded David Johnson because I was worried about the offensive line. Now, I'm not here to tell you that I think it's a waste to pick or he's going to bottom out. I just do think it could look a little bit like Gurley's 2016 looked. but him moving to the slot will help. He's caught 80 passes before. That's going to be a huge help, which is more than Gurley will probably ever catch in, in a season in his career. The reason why I wasn't so worried about David Johnson, as bad as the offense has been, um, he was still targeted, I believe it was nine times in week one. He caught yeah. five of those four thirty yards. So, yes, one game he's been good in week one. Where he also scored a touchdown. He averaged four yards a carry. Like That's fine. He's never been a high yards per carry running back. But he was targeted nine times in a week two. I mean, they lost 34 zip. Nobody was good for the Arizona Cardinals in that game. Um, so I'm taking a little bit more of an optimistic approach. If you could get David Johnson for, you know, 75 cents on the dollar right now, it's something that I would look into. I'm not saying I'm, I'm Definitely going to give up a you know top twelve starting running back for him, but if you get him at a fair discount, I think that's something worth looking into. Top twelve in running back targets right now. The fact that he only had two targets last week is a coaching issue, but you, like you said, he had nine in week one. So I would imagine over the course of the year, he's going to be right near the top of targets for running backs. He won't beat out McCaffrey, and now it looks like he won't beat out Barkley. The way that the Giants can't play offense, so. Uh, but I would expect him to finish top five in targets for running backs. How do you feel about Dalvin Cook? Because he's being used more in the passing game, and you know there are a lot of weapons in Minnesota, so there's kind of there's a lot of mouths to feed between sure. Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, even Kyle Rudolph got involved last week. But given how potent this offense is, I think there's going to be opportunities for you know touchdowns eventually. They just haven't necessarily worked out. I mean, I think yet. ultimately it's encouraging for Cook because. That's his skill set. He does have the ability to do that. I want them to utilize him like that. Uh, I, I don't want it to be 
carry concentrated. I want him to see touches via the passing game as well, and if they can get him out in space, I think it leaves more opportunities for him to break off bigger plays. Uh, not everybody has the offensive line issues that the Giants have. By the way, Minnesota's offensive line isn't great, but obviously no. they're proving to be – it's not even good, but they're proving to be capable because they have so many weapons to move it around the field. I mean, they are – you could argue right now that top-to-bottom skill set that the Vikings are, are the best in the league. You could make that argument, right, with the two wide receivers, a really capable uh, tight end – a, and two running backs that are capable, one of whom could be a fantasy superstar. Uh, Cousins, I'll be honest, like I'm not a huge believer, but with this with this set of guys around him, yeah. it's looking really good. But ultimately, I like Cook because of the touches. I think that's a positive that they're getting him the ball more. The only other person who might rival the Minnesota Vikings in terms of weapons they have, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, right? right? Like They have Tyree Hill. Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, and Kareem Hunt. Um, I know it's crazy to think about, but we're talking by low on the other side of that sell high. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has 10 touchdowns in his first you know, two starts of the season this yeah. year. Both him and Ryan Fitzpatrick have be, scored. Gonna, don't quote me, but yeah. I think if he goes on to throw 80 touchdowns, it might be a record. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. On pace for 80 touchdowns right now. Uh, do you at least shop him to see what you can get in return? Uh, yeah, I'd say so, but... I'd be more likely to hang on to him because uh, I do have him in one league. I actually didn't play him the other day. I benched him for Garoppolo. It didn't matter. I would have lost anyway. Yeah. But um, I like Garoppolo's spot a little bit better. Um, sue me. I mean, Mahomes on the road. I was like, Garoppolo's at home. I'll take it. And the Daily Roto projections were very close. I was down to the wire on it. I probably just should have gone with a higher total there with Mahomes. So uh, that's my bad. But um yeah, I think you could shop it, especially if you're weak at running back right now. Maybe you lost Devontae Freeman or you're Leonard Fournette owner, or you could have both guys conceivably, um, which happened in some leagues. But um, I think he's going to keep throwing it. I think they're going to sling it a lot this year. You know what's crazy is I also benched Patrick Mahomes last week, but I benched him for Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, well, there you go. In the flex league, I have Big Ben and Patrick Mahomes, so I'm going to try to chop one of those guys. But I had Roethlisberger in one league that went against Mahomes, so it was like a canceled out completely. Yeah, I don't remember if I won that the one. Number one and number two quarterbacks last yeah. week, yeah. I assume. Um, but you know how these expert leagues are. I don't know that anyone's going to want to trade me for a quarterback because that's just kind of like Experts the nature won't of the trade game. you for no quarterbacks. I tried it last year when I picked up Alex Smith when I had Drew Brees, and I tried to shop it for like a month, and nobody took it. 844-843-6879. We'll go to the phone lines here to round out the show. Christian in Cali. Christian, what's going on? Hey, good morning, guys. How are you guys doing? Doing well. How are you? Doing good, thanks. Hey, guys, I have two questions. So uh, in one of my leagues, it's a 10-team PPR. I have been offered uh, Gronk, Robbie Anderson, and Jordan Howard for my James Conner, Trey Burton, and Matt Breida. And I wasn't too sure about that trade, but I was thinking of countering with just Breida and Burton for Gronk, but I haven't sent that yet. All right, so it's Gronk, Robbie Anderson, and Jordan Howard for his James Conner, Trey Burton, and Matt Breida. Blue, what do you think about this one? Hmm. And it's actually and, a fair, uh, it's a fair uh, trade. You're 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 giving you're getting rid of Gronk and getting Connor. Is that right? No, no, I would you're, be receiving the Gronk trade. Got it, got it, got it, got it. 
Uh, Gronk, Robbie, this, would, this is close, man. It's really close. Uh, da, 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 da. I think I want the two running backs, so I'd stick with Connor and Brita. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, as long as Lev Bell is out, James Connor is a top 10, maybe, maybe top five running back. Um, Trey Burton has been serviceable. His, he scored a touchdown last week. And Matt Breida, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets more touches um, this week and moving forward. He just looks much more explosive than Alfred Morris. But it is very, very close. I'm with you, though, Blue. I'll take the Connor, Breida, Burton side, but I think that's a fair counter is Burton and Breida for Gronk. I think that's a Yeah, try and sell high on Breida if you wanted to do that. I think, yeah, try and throw it out there, see what you can do. Yes, because he has Alfred Morris. That's why I was thinking of countering with Matt Breida and uh, Burton for Gronk. Did you have another question? Yes. The other question is in my 12-team PPR. So I have – I was a I'm, well. I am a Baldwin owner, but I'm just stashing him now, of course. But uh, my receivers now, as they are, is Hogan, Galladay. Uh, I just picked up uh, Callaway, but I also have Josh Gordon. But I was thinking of not playing Josh Gordon this week. But I was thinking of already trying to sell on Hogan. So we I wouldn't and sell I on wanted Hogan. to know what. We spoke yeah, about this a little Hogan. bit yesterday, uh, Josh Gordon versus Chris Hogan. Look, it's going to take a few weeks for Josh Gordon to not only get healthy, but to get acclimated in this Patriots offense. So Chris Hogan, for at least the next couple of weeks, two, three weeks, whatever it is, he's still going to be the guy, uh, especially until Julian Edelman comes back. So I agree with Blewett. I'm not going to go out and trade Chris Hogan yet, but against the Detroit Lions secondary, he can have a big game. And if that happens, then maybe that's where you try and trade him um, as Corey Parson yeah. walks right in front of the camera. Um, <laughs> Your first day, Corey? <laughs> but, uh, but for Chris Hogan, I, I'm not necessarily trading him yet. I think I wait for him to have maybe one or two more big games until Josh Gordon is really acclimated, and then maybe you try and sell him blue. In general, on jo- and the Josh Gordon thing, I-, I think it's a really unique scenario that he gets to play with Tom Brady, but the return on wide receivers, switching teams, even during the offseason, on the whole, isn't great in that first year. Sure. So this guy, with his background, he's played 11 games since the 2014 season, to come in yeah. in the middle of the season and acclimate to the Patriots where Edelman, Hogan, Gronk are all fully acclimated, and they got Rex Burkhead and James Jimmy White, as Corey likes to call him, and a rookie in Sony Michelle. Like, there's a lot of mouths to feed. There's a lot of mouths to feed. And why would Josh Gordon take control of all of that in the wide receiving core? I think you're going to have a few okay. good games out of Josh Gordon, but on the whole, it's going to be tough to know when to start him. Yeah, thanks a lot, okay, Christian. Thank you guys for the advice. Thank you guys. Yeah, no problem. Right now, we have to sign off our video properties YouTube, uh, Facebook. Care, Periscope, uh, but we're going to continue on the radio side. If you're listening to us on podcast, make sure to rate and subscribe. Give us five stars. Uh, but for now, we need to sign off the YouTube portion as they set up for the Fantasy Football Frenzy with Corey Parson, Fantasy Executive, Chris Ventra, and Jim Day. We do have another caller to the surprise of nobody. Oh, Bob in Vermont. Bob in Vermont dropped wow. for Bob the first Vermont. time ever. I'm Bob in Vermont. I was on the Sunday we do uh, fantasy sports today in the morning with Jim Day and Scott Engel, and then I host with Corey Parson and Gabe Morency. We do lineup lock live, and Bob called in the other day and um, got a little weird. I'm not going to lie. He's complimenting my, my look, my blazer. He said, he's like, uh, do you do, uh, are you an announcer? He asked me if I was an announcer. And I was like, well, Bob, what do you think this is? You know, like, <laughs> He's like, no, do you... Uh, Radio, call- it's not the same thing. Yeah, he's he's asking if I called games. I don't do play-by-play, but... Uh, Have you ever? 
No. On play-by-play? No. Do you regret not doing yeah, it? Yeah, I probably missed opportunity. I think it's probably in my wheelhouse is something I could have done, but it's all right. I, I like I mean, doing what do I'm doing. You do perfectly now. fine as a fantasy sports radio host. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate the, <laughs> uh, appreciate the vote of confidence. Yeah, just, uh, I had to throw that out there. A few other names that we just didn't get to, I'll just ask you quickly uh, to round out the show here. Jarvis Landry, I think, is an interesting buy low right now. Um, I had the stat of the day. Of course, I didn't get to it until the final three minutes of the show. But he's currently fifth among wide, receiver in, wide receivers in air yards this year after finishing 33rd at the position last year. So he's being used completely different in Todd Haley's offense than he was in Miami. It was a lot of you know, short, close to the line of scrimmage passages, uh, passes in Miami where he would make a lot happen after the catch. We know that he was you know, top 10 in yards after the catch last season. Now he's getting used kind of in that Antonio Brown mold for Todd Haley in this offense. He also has 32% of his team's target share, which is sixth among wide receivers. He hasn't scored a touchdown yet. He hasn't really had a monster game yet. I think that Jarvis Landry has the upside to be a high-end wide receiver, too, and I'm not sure that he's being valued like that right now, unless no. I'm mistaken. He's one of the few. No, I think he's one of the few guys that I'm really bummed I didn't have more shares of. Tevin Coleman and Jarvis Landry are two guys I really like this year, and I just never got them in drafts. It doesn't say anything about how I felt about him. I just, the way my drafts broke, I didn't, I didn't get them. But in week one, I think his average depth of target was over 13 yards from the line of scrimmage, so that's a positive. So I think you're moving the ball down the field a little bit more with Jarvis Landry. We'll see when the touchdowns come. But my approach on a whole with wide receivers and PPR leagues, draft the guys that have the ball in their hands a lot. Adam Thielen, Jarvis Landry, obviously the elite wide receivers. Those are the types of guys that I target, even in Edelman a little bit later in drafts, uh, via the suspension. So those are the guys I look for. And Jarvis Landry, I think, is going to be potentially wide receiver one by the end of the year. My Blue, you want to try and help me make a trade real quick? Yeah, let's do it. In one of my home leagues, uh, to a team that needs wide receiver depth, I have a ton of wide receiver threes, and I can use a wide receiver two, and I want to try and acquire Jarvis Landry from this person. I have Chris Hogan, Sammy Watkins, Kenny Stills, Chris Godwin, and Mike Williams. How about, oh, and Keelan Cole. Would you give up any two of those? Yeah, yeah. Like, Jarvis how about Landry? a Hogan and Godwin for Landry? Is that a fair trade? Is that something you would throw out there? I would probably say no if I'm the Landry owner, yeah. so I'd have to upgrade that. It'd probably be Hogan and... Does it have to be Hogan and Watkins to get it done? Yeah. Would I could get that? it done. I would want Jarvis Landry. Yeah, right? Yeah. I'm going to think about that today. Hogan and Watkins. I might send it you, out there. You have, you have other good depth there. That's pretty good depth. I have a, the thing is, trying to figure Keelan out Cole, each week who cow, to catch. start, it's like... I know. It's so annoying Simplify to figure out Simplify it for yourself. Start. Landry, Hogan and Watkins, do it. A few players that we didn't get to today might be tempting to buy low on, but don't do it. Larry Fitzgerald, Derek Henry, Royce Freeman, I high on Kenny Galladay, and Will Fuller. Very intrigued by Will Fuller's usage in week one. For special guest Mike, blew it. Myself, Frank Sample. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. We'll be back tomorrow. We hope.